I'm Joyce Hornady. You might say accuracy is my business. I make bullets. You are listening to the Hornady Podcast. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Hornady Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Swerzik, as always. And a full table today to my left, the Assistant Director of Engineering, Joe Thielen. Across the table, Marketing Director, Neil Davies, and Senior Ballistician, Jaden Quinlan. Guys, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, good to be here, man. Yep. Thank you, Seth. Now, before we started recording the obligatory talk about its hunting season, that's, that's what we were talking about. It's what I've been talking about for the rest of the day. Uh, up to this point, and uh, I don't have you guys here to talk about hunting, though. As excited <laughs> as we are about this time of year, um, I hope everybody's having a good season, though, and is successful out there. Uh, but I wanted to bring you guys together to talk about something that I think is at least a little bit misunderstood or is properly understood, but not necessarily uh, by a lot of people. Mm. And so I want to put this information out there and discuss it with you guys and hear your opinion on why it's important that a cartridge is SAMI approved and what is SAMI, what is, what is the purpose of approving a cartridge, and then how does that benefit everybody, not just the industry, but the shooter, the ammunition manufacturer, the, the, literally everybody in the line. And I'd like to relate it uh, as we get progressed into the conversation a little bit to wildcatters because we've had people say, Oh, I've been shooting this wildcat for X amount of years. And it's the same thing as fill in the blank, 22 arc, seven PRC, whatever. And you stole it from me and you're just in this to make money and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And I, I, yeah, I want to answer some of those questions because I don't think everyone quite understands it. So, um, to talk about why it's important, let's first identify what Sammy is. And to do so, we're going all the way back to 1926. And I have prepared something that I'd like to read. Uh, I didn't prepare anything. This is from Sammy.org. So S-A-A-M-I.org. And that stands for the Sporting Arms and Ammunition Manufacturers Institute. So uh, right here, Sammy was founded in 1926 at the request of the federal government and it was tasked with creating and publishing industry standards for safety, interchangeability, reliability, and quality, and then coordinate technical data and promote the safe and responsible use of firearms. So right there in that first line, at the request of the government, it was tasked with creating and publishing industry standards. And I think that's really where this conversation needs to start. Yeah, and it's a voluntary organization. I mean, okay. Hornady is a member of SAMI by our own choosing okay. and we don't get paid anything. It doesn't, it doesn't, we, we pay. pay, we pay to be yeah. a member of SAMI. So it doesn't, uh, I think people think, oh, SAMI and they're paying you to cart. No, 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 no. It's we're, we're voluntarily a member of SAMI and we want to be a member of SAMI along with a bunch of other companies to mm-hmm. um, carry out that mission statement that you just read, quite frankly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a technical group that gets together and you know, standardizes or agrees to standardize uh, cartridge designs and twist Cha- rates chamber and chamber design. specs and yeah. all that stuff that, that that way all SAMI members voluntarily adhere to those standards and will build guns or ammo commensurate with what was voted upon. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of companies also in the industry that are not SAMI members, uh, 
some you know hopefully they start looking at becoming sammy members yep. at some point if if they start to grow um but again it it's a voluntary organization like joe said and but it, it creates standards that everybody yep. can adhere to for pressure velocity and safety ultimately right and you need that and i think whether you're a member of sammy or not if you're building firearms or if you're building ammunition you have a set of standards that's published free of charge on sammy.org yeah. that you can double check the stuff you're making falls within those standards. So, uh, Joe, real quick, you get a cartridge. Why is it important for the ammo and the chamber? Uh, like we do when we design a cartridge, we design the cartridge and chamber at the same time. Why is that important for the gun builder uh, to have that Sammy approval? Well, that is the cartridge and the chamber go together as a SAMI introduction, if you will. So you can't, you can't bring a cartridge without a chamber or a chamber without a cartridge. Okay. Um, and the reason that's important is it all boils down to the, the ammunition and the gun manufacturers get together and set these standards for testing uh, dimensions, all of the things that make the cartridge and the chamber work together. So the ammo and the gun, no matter who builds it, will be interchangeable. It's safe. You get the levels of performance that, you know, you, you introduced a cartridge and chamber to give you these performance characteristics. Well, then if you build the said components and parts, you get those, you, those, get, that performance. you get that performance. And is there tolerances yes. that are associated with that as well? hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I think that's an, an important one is it's not just the specifications, like it calls out a dimension of this. Yes. That's, that's the, the bottom spec. Let's say if it's, if it's on the small end, but there's a tolerance and what's acceptable within that tolerance range. And that's really huge for, you know, you've got dozens of people building firearms mm -hmm. and dozens of companies loading ammunition. Well, who's to say that ammunition X fits in firearm Y? Yeah. And are they the, going to be a safe, you know, is it a safe compatibility? Abso absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. So and, that just, and that just, I know we're going to talk about it, but that, that is, that benefits everybody. I mean benefits us the consumer the shooter the mm -hmm. the gun builder um anybody that wants to build a rifle you know they they can go look up the the sammy specs and build a sammy rifle or have one built for them or whatever and then go purchase ammunition and and use it and it's a win it's a win for everybody yes and i can see why you know in the uh early 1920s where yeah. you know firearm manufacturing and not just firearm manufacturing but manufacturing become has become a lot more proficient uh, and efficient. And so the building, the rate at which they can build things as, a, as an industry. Yeah, you're talking like Model T assembly line was just right. kind of starting, right? Yeah, so you, you've got the rate of firearm manufacturing increasing. And subsequently, I would assume ammunition mm -hmm. is, you know, following that same trend. And what if things don't work together? That's a that's, that's a problem. It's a, yeah. a major problem. And yeah. where does the consumer go? You order a rifle from Sears and Robux and you buy, uh, you know, ammunition from where you can get it and then it doesn't work or there's damage to the firearm or, or who knows what. And then you and the consumer is left out in the cold. Mm -hmm. and, so. and you don't have anywhere to go from a troubleshooting standpoint back yeah. then. Because generally what you do with troubleshooting is you look to a known good condition and you assess your specific condition against that. You know, what is... What's the outliers? What's the anomalies? What's different about my thing that has problems and this thing that's standardized that doesn't? Mm -hmm. Without those standards, I mean, the the shooting community wouldn't be what it is today, you know, most definitely, because you would 
you would be experiencing totally randomized problems and it would be really difficult to get to the bottom of it without a standardized process right and dimensions and all that yeah and so you look at some of the traditional cartridges that have been sammy approved cartridges for decades you know you look at older pistol cartridges let's say like 4440 and then some you know not quite that old but older rifle cartridges like the 3030 winchester let's say and some of those um uh rimmed cartridges Mm -hmm. 4570 well you can buy a firearm that was built in 1940 1935 and you can buy ammunition that was loaded yesterday and they work together exactly how they were intended and that's because of that adherence the voluntary adherence to those dimensions correct so one question that i've had over the years whether you know i go back into my technical service days or go to trade shows or just people within the industry there seemed to be some confusion about if you introduce a cartridge to sammy that somehow that benefits you financially that there's some sort of royalty paid because you were the one that brought it to sammy and (laughs) i I want we got to dispel that right now you you actually cost you money to (laughs) to take a cartridge in chamber to Sammy and get it approved because there's a cost associated with the membership and all the legwork to do all, all that stuff and attend the meetings and be there and everything. So yeah, it's, it's much the contrary to getting paid. You're paying to do that, but mm-hmm. you're doing a service to all of the, you know, the builders and users and customers that are going to shoot that cartridge in chamber, if you will. Mm-hmm. So yes. Yeah, uh, it benefits you in the long run. Because absolutely it's worth spending that time and effort and, and money up front with the end result hopefully being an approved cartridge that then has you know essentially been s- stamped with a, a level of approval that that gains the confidence of everybody else out there right yeah, they say okay if that thing's been standardized by sammy i am comfortable in building a firearm for, for it or, yeah. or, or whatever or, 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 or more stuff making yeah. a magazine for it or right. something along those absolutely lines. but right. what else happened you know so when it goes to Sammy, gets voted on and approved, all the specs are out on the Sammy website. So let's say Hornady introduces a cartridge. We spec the chamber dimensions, twist rate, everything like this. Well, okay, now everybody out there can access the Sammy website and order reamers and uh, all the other ammunition manufacturers can make ammo that's just like what we introduced. So we don't patent it. It's not trademarked. It's nothing like that. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's now in the domain. For anybody out there, they want to try to make this, go for it. Right. Hornady Outfitter Ammunition is now loaded with Hornady CX bullets. Its optimized monolithic design combined with a heat shield tip offers extended range performance, enhanced accuracy, high weight retention, and deep penetration. Outfitter Ammunition features corrosion-resistant nickel-plated cases that are sealed watertight, designed to perform under the toughest conditions, no matter where adventure takes you. Trust your hunt to Outfitter Ammunition from Hornady. When you brought a good point up there, Neil, I mentioned that I've had people you know, on social media and call up on the phone and, and whatever over the years, and I'm sure you have too, that assume, oh, you're just, you know, you introduce cartridges so you can make money. Well, well we sell yeah. ammunition. I mean, we do do that. Yeah, we I mean, we're a for-profit business, yeah. so. But we don't get money for introducing the cartridge. No, There's no, no yeah. but no. you mentioned patent and that kind of thing. So let's look at a situation where that was the case. Yeah. And we're talking about the Winchester Short Magnum right. line of cartridges, and there was royalty royalties to be paid um 
to chamber guns in those and, and, and load and, ammo. And, load and, ammo. and, and yes. a lot of manufacturers turned their back right. on the cartridge right. for a while because they didn't want to pay the royalties. A hundred percent. We did. So, you know, we didn't, nobody wanted, yeah. In fact, we had it in our, in our catalog and the day it was supposed to go to the printer with the 300, uh, uh WSM, um, I forget mm-hmm. what it, maybe a 270 as well. Anyway, so it was in our catalog. We were going to introduce it for that year. And then this, uh, lawsuit came down and the verdict was, was, uh, released and, we took it out because we didn't want to pay a royalty okay. on it. No. And nobody does. I mean, that, right. so anyway, but Sammy, then it's, it's now in the domain. Yeah. Anybody out there can, yeah. can make a product for it. And, all, you know, yeah, patenting this and that and the other thing, it's a good way to not have other people make that. Yeah. Well, it's that's a, exactly that's the point. I mean, point. that's just a reality. Like it's a good way to major stifle. Major manufacturers yeah. just, they don't want to pay a royalty on something. I mean, they, they'd rather not. I mean, yeah. but- Okay, they they pay royalties, I presume, on some other patents that they share with other manufacturers. So that happens a lot. Um, so so that does occur, but not for a cartridge. I mean, it's a it's a brass cartridge case typically with propellant, a projectile, and a primer. So that's been done for a long time. So right. yeah. anyway, well that that point though was was made is as soon as that patent expired, now you have yeah game on that that we load. Winchester sure. short mag ammo. There's still yep. you know rifles available. Largely, it's 300 WSM is kind of the lion's share of those cartridges that yeah. remained popular. But uh, if you do try to do that quickly, like you'd mentioned, Jaden, it just stifles it. Mm-hmm. And so again, we do not get any sort of royalty from any company because we introduced the cartridge. Mm. So let's you know let yeah. the record show. Yeah, that's Correct. not true. Well, and moving moving on from that. Um, our goal from a SAMI standardized cartridge and chamber is to do quite the contrary of stifle it, is to get it out there yeah. to the public. So Neil can build a, a rifle or go purchase one in ammo and get the level of performance that was once available only to wildcatters. Yeah. Now is available to. Yeah, you can order a reamer and chamber yeah. up your yeah. barrel if, and you've, I, if you're skilled at machinery. That is, that is Hornady's. That's our goal yeah. is to bring a level of performance to everybody and not just have yeah. it you know kept to ourselves or wildcatters or and whatever whatever it is so a that, perfect example of uh, a cartridge you have uh for example the 300 wind mag you know and since the 50s that cartridge has just been hugely successful uh big cartridge lots of velocity well over the years it's been pretty evident that that chamber dimension and tolerance just it leaves a lot to be desired so you end up with 300 Win Mag match, 300 Win Mag tactical reamers that are sometimes within Sammy's specification, just certain, certain dimensions are held tight. And then you have the tinkerers, the wildcatters, and you end up with people that have custom-built guns chambered in 300 Win Mag shooting bullets outside the length restrictions of Sammy spec at velocity and pressure ranges that are probably outside of Sammy specifications, and they have custom twist-rate barrels to yeah. shoot these super sexy bullets and they end up with something awesome. 300 wind mag. Yes, it's a 300 wind mag, mag, but it is absolutely a long range cruise missile shooting huge bullets, super accurate. Okay. I mean, I, I have a 300 wind mag that Dave Emery's chamber design, mm-hmm. I think. So yeah, and it, it, uh, head spaces off the shoulder mm-hmm. instead of the, the belt, instead yep. of the yeah. belt. And, and it took a custom gunsmith with a custom reamer and yeah. a custom barrel to get all of that. So, and you are not, let's, we should, you're not guaranteed to go 
buy ammunition and have it work in there. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it does for the most yeah, it part. It stacks but up, you're, but you're thankfully. Not, but, but you're it, not I've never guaranteed. shot that gun, I don't know, a pressure velocity, you know, so it's sure. still a bit of a wildcat it, situation. That, yep. That's my point. You know? It's still a, that that is performance for Neil Davies. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And Go it's great it. that you have it and a handful of others have it. And like to Joe's point, we're not trying to obsolete the 300 Win Mag, but you want that level of performance for everybody? Well, you make a 300 PRC. And yeah. you put the super long-range bullets that everybody likes. You design the cartridge case thoughtfully. You set the chamber dimensions and tolerances up thoughtfully with a good chamber. And now, instead of you know Neil Davies having a custom-built gun, well, now you can have my dad go to Sportsman's Warehouse, buy a 300 PRC, grab 300 PRC ammunition, and duplicate that level of performance yes. with off-the-shelf components. That's a good way to articulate it. I feel like that right there is is really what makes that sammy approval process so important i yes that's 100%. a great great way to, well, to lay it out there's risk there and i i've seen this happen so we'll stay with that 300 win mag example you've got a guy that's that's very savvy right he's uh he's got this custom 300 win mag built he's he has so much knowledge that he specified all the chamber dimensions so that it will suit you know he's going to shoot these long heavy bullets and seat them out yeah they don't fit in his magazine but he's got a custom magazine that they do fit in right all these things because he's so knowledgeable and he's got a friend that's just getting into that style of shooting and is super interested but he's he doesn't have a lot of knowledge and what his friend takes away with is well when he picks he shoots his uh, that very knowledgeable guy's rifle he sees well it's 300 Win Mag says it on the back mm. of the cartridge case. That must says be it what on this the, thing says is. Says it on the barrel. He goes and buys himself a 300 Win Mag rifle. And he goes and shoots some factory loads of ammo that he bought with it. And he's like, it doesn't shoot as good as my buddy's loads. And he goes and gets his buddy's load. And he shoots it in that Win Mag. And he has a high pressure result because yeah. of it. Long because his buddy, in all his knowledge, correctly and safely developed the load for his rifle. But the chamber in there is not the same as a standardized 300 Win Mag. And he goes and takes that modified cartridge that still says 300 Win Mag on it, but it's really not anymore, mm -hmm. and puts it in that factory rifle and has a major problem. Yeah. And that's, again, it all comes back to just like that first sentence in the kind of the mission statement that I read from Sammy.org is, yeah, reliability, consistency, Inter compatibility. Interchangeability, yeah, interchangeability, interchangeability. Compatibility. yep. That's yeah, I mean, huge. there's there's been like historically there's been some issues with some of these things like the 338 Lapua existed for a long time and it was you know there was a variety of different chambers and yeah and it was CIP approved yeah it, it was, was a CIP, CIP approved and mm -hmm. you know it's like do you use do you build guns with this chamber do you build guns with this chamber and it just I mean we struggled with that when we were making ammo and trying to get guns and try to figure out which you know where to go with the thing so so that that that's why that's a prime example of why you want something to go through this approval process with sammy cip i forget what it stands for i think it's, yeah, it's french, french but it's essentially the the european uh kind of sammy if you will mm -hmm. um but so yeah it's it it was approved over there and those specs but those weren't really adopted over here and a lot of people were kind of modifying chamber designs and so that that's where you run into problems in the, in the wildcat world is when the chambers are kind of floating around yeah Correct. so that's a good point. Thanks for bringing that up, Neil. You have SAMI, that's, you know, the U.S. thing, and you have CIP in Europe. Are those a, is there a direct correlation between the two? Is there sometimes a direct correlation? Mm -hmm. So SAMI, uh, when SAMI meets in that organization, is always in communication with, back and forth with CIP now. Okay. It's been a really, at least. Not during, always the case. Not always the case, but in my 10-year it has been a really good working relationship with CIP. 
for exactly the reason that Neil just described. Look, if we're building ammunition in Europe and guns and back and forth, and obviously it's a global market, we need to ensure that our stuff is, yeah. you know, married up. Do you know when that kind of conversation started? Because historically, when oh, you look back at some boy. of the CIP cartridges, then you look at the Sammy sure. dimensions, it's like... And they do differ because, yeah. I mean, some of their pressures are lower. For, yep. you they, know, so. And they, they vary on their... Um, standardization process of their dimension mm -hmm. stuff too but i'm going to tell you seth um 20 2010 uh, 10, 2009 somewhere oh, in there so when for, I for, for over a decade a, yes it's been a good work and i know it, it was been way better if it had been it, in 1926 though it would have because yes, there's still some but that was i'm just saying that's when i stepped into it it mm -hmm. was happening before then as well so yeah. would they're, they've been working with CIP, you know, pretty good here for quite a, quite a few years. And that benefits the international consumer. So Absolutely. I hope uh, people listening to this podcast really understand that this, this voluntary uh, committee is so influential. It's not just helping us here. I mean, you guys are working with CIP so that the guy in Scotland getting a hunting rifle is having mm -hmm. the same level of performance, whether he buys a jp sour and sun rifle or he gets his hands on a remington that was made in sure. new york um, and that's that's really important i want to shift gears a little bit now to talk about wildcatters because that's another thing that over the years we introduce cartridges and we hear it all the time people come out of the woodworks oh i've been shooting a 22 243 for however long and that's this you know the 22 creedmoor is this that and the other thing or uh, they talk about how the wildcatters did it and you stole it from them. So hmm. let's talk about that for a moment because one wildcatters are going to wildcat and that's great. And we do a bunch of that here. Yeah. <laughs> and two, uh, in, in reference to quote unquote, stealing cartridges, how does, does us as an industry taking a cartridge and getting it Sammy approved, how does that benefit the wildcatter? Cause I really think it does. Yeah. Well, I would say. There was a whole lot of 280 Remingtons after the 30-06 was introduced or 708s after the 308. I mean, you could, it's time immemorial this has been, this has been happening, but I come back to what we talked about earlier. The Wildcatter benefits, well, Neil brought up, his custom 300 benefits him. Um, if I have a custom Wildcat, it's benefit, you know, beneficial for me, and it's hard for me to get that out there um, for everybody else. And then... Just because I have ammunition that works in my custom Wildcat system does not mean it's been standardized for pressure, awesome. velocity, dimensions, twist all of twist rate, all of those things. So it's, mm -hmm. it is just that it's a Wildcat. It's nothing, there's nothing that's been standardized about that cartridge and chamber. And that's the, that is the huge differentiation between the two. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, one thing to make sure that we touch on is, you know, we, we don't scour the internet or get on forums and see what's the new hot wildcat and, and get some guys it. dimensions that you're having. no, no. Uh -uh. these are all our you know original ideas here just like they were an original idea for that person, person. absolutely you know we've got some smart dudes here and all over the place actually that are that are always looking at what might be the next best better mouse trap mm -hmm. and i mean sure uh and, and some of them came to us from other people i mean the six creedmoor came to us from George Gardner back in the day with, you know, a, an article that Jon Snow wanted to, to do on a wildcat cartridge. And George is like, well, the 6.5 Creedmoor came out just recently. Why don't we neck that down to six? 
boom. So they worked with Ben Searing. Ben Searing created some dyes for him, and Bob's yep. your uncle got a new cartridge. That's a wildcat at that point in time. Yep. And then, okay, cool. Enough people yeah, wanted it. Yeah, enough people wanted it. it. Sure, let's, you know, we can make ammo. I mean, this is America. You can still do what you want and make money doing things. Great but point. But we didn't go out and, like, no, that doesn't happen for us. Yeah, I mean, we're not. Six, like you said, we're not like scouring the internet. That was an original idea by Jaden. Had people neck down a, a, a Grendel down to six, I suppose. Yeah, of course they It's got or, 10 different names. Or, yeah. 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 So, 6PPC I mean, is really close. I mean, we could go on and, and on, but. And that, that argument will never end. We mm-hmm. will always but, have people yeah. saying, well, this existed before. Yes, by nature it, it did. Sure. Because if you look at the requirements of the two methods, what is required to do wildcatting? Walk to your reloading press and neck it up or neck it down. You can change shoulder dimensions too if you want. It's mm. that simple. Yeah, and if you want to, and you're listening, Ben Searing, uh, yeah, he'll make dial us up at dies. yeah, call Hornady Manufacturing, ask for Ben in the custom shop. He'll make you anything you want. Right. So yeah. go ahead. So, so the time for that takes what? Five minutes. Yep. And then okay, well you need a gun to shoot it out of, so you call a reamer manufacturer. You give them some description of the, of what you want for tolerances on the reamer and dimensions. Wait, you know, a couple weeks or whatever, you get a reamer. Your gunsmith's real efficient. You get it to him. You got a rifle built. You have the thing shot in a month. I don't know, Joe. Have we ever gone from concept <laughs> to introduced an approved cartridge in a month? I would say no. No. It's it's it a does. much longer period of yeah. time to do that. Well, you so, can flush things out. So by nature, that argument will will always, always exist. But to the point, like it's not like we have a you know a, a you know staff of spies that go around and try to gather <laughs> the dimensions that's time, being but. used by yeah. this guy in his garage in Kentucky and then mm-hmm. we, you know, steal it and introduce it in secret and then yeah. uh, steal all his money that he would have made by shooting it on the weekends. Like that's not that's yeah. not how it and, works. And nor nor <laughs> neither does any of our, you know, competitors slash friends right. out there on the ammo side or the you know that you know, that obviously we can't speak for them, I suppose, but not nah, Nobody's doing that. Nobody's and, and there's a there. lot of work that goes to standardize it. Like, um, and, and it, interestingly enough, if you look back at the history of Hornady, you know, there's been some cartridges that we've introduced that I, I don't know all the details on them, but presumably they were just wildcats that somebody needed to bring it to Sammy to standardize it. So, what, yeah, that's, 220 Swift, right? So, yeah, I mean, 40, 450, you know, Not necessarily so a wildcat, but not Sammy approved. Somebody <laughs> had to bring it to the industry and as a, sammy member hey guys let's let's standardize this thing so yeah the, the 220 swift was a wildcat you know i mean 22250 was a wildcat every you know so i would argue almost every cartridge that's been introduced to sammy was in some form a wildcat before that it's just sure Jaden articulated it perfectly that you can beat you can wildcat something faster than you can get the pressure barrels, yeah. the prints, yeah. and all the stuff right. done. You can just go physically do it versus setting up all the stuff you need for the standardization yep. of a and cartridge. There's a control. tremendous amount of work that these guys yeah, do, and obviously you did back in the tech days, in the in the engineering days, to make sure that it is safe. Pressure, velocity, using the right powder so you're yeah. getting a complete burn. You know, how does it work in a suppressor? How does it work with all, is it working a semi-auto well? Does it work? Is it just a bolt gun? And, yep. and you know, the, the simple, hey, I could open the bolt test is, you know, or I cool. I mean, great. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you do for your Wildcat stuff, rock on. But it is not what you can do in a production setting. Correct. 100%. And I think, ahead, it, I, I was going to say, I can understand a little bit of, you know, maybe that that crying out or frustration from those folks that said, Oh, you stole this from me. You know, like if I, I worked if, hard on it. Right. If I put, if I take myself before I ever worked at Hornady or in the industry, if, if I had done all this research and time and effort and, 
and spend some money on creating this new thing. And I thought it was great. And then this company introduces something that looks very similar to it, performance is very similar to it. You know, I could see where you're like, oh, they kind of stole it from me, although there's nothing to steal, right? Yeah. All we're doing is saying, hey, generally there's a name change, right? So we have a, dis- a distinguishing uh, identity between things that might be slightly different, but those differences do matter. Um, and and then it goes out to the world and everybody can have it. So I can understand it, you know, surface value, how somebody could become frustrated, but for sure, there's not much depth to that. You know, that's oh, just yeah. not how that works. It's it, not how the industry in the company's works. history, there have been some things that have come in from, you know, quote unquote wildcatters. You know, they were basically industry folks that weren't necessarily a SAMI member or something like that. And they wanted us to do it. So, I mean, the 300 Whisper was one. Um, there's been a few more in the, in the company's history that, that have come in that way. Uh, so, you know, we, we've entertained those things in the past, but, but when they came in, <laughs> we still had to probably do some engineering on it to make sure that it worked in a production setting. So mm-hmm. there, there was, there's usually something that got done. Um, you know, even the 22 Creedmoor is something similar to that too, where, you know, we're, we have a, basically a distributor that's selling it exclusively. But we did some work, work to up. it to make sure, sure that it works well and will, because it floated around in that wildcat world for probably too long. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just you a just lot as of well rein it in. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of different variants than you know, so somebody has to standardize it, and that's basically what we did. Well, and you you said early on that you think that the the introduction of Sammy cartridges actually benefits a wildcatter. I do, and I'm going to tell you that I agree with you unequivocally because that is what drives new innovation to have whether it's it might be a wildcatted cartridge over here, and then it gets introduced to Sammy, and it's a cartridge, and then they wildcat that cartridge. Yeah. Then another, yeah, seriously, and it, yeah. it's a, it creates a, yeah. a vibrant and lively industry, healthy industry, because by introducing new cartridges to Sammy, I have something to wildcat mm-hmm. to whatever oh, it yeah. is after that, and oh. then after that. The 6mm ARC is purpose-built to achieve unmatched performance never before delivered from the AR-15 platform. The 6mm ARC is suitable for a variety of applications from personal defense, mat shooting, as well as hunting. Designed to meet the demanding needs of the world's toughest critics. The 6mm ARC, a truly advanced rifle cartridge from Hornady. Great example of that was the, the 7PRC. The 7PRC rolled out. People initially upset that it wasn't a 300PRC neck down, which ballistically doesn't make a ton of sense, but that's what they... There had already been wildcatters that necked down the 300. They called it a 7PRC. Well, we come out with our 7PRC, and the case is a little shorter. Well, now they're wildcatting more. Oh, I can take that 7. Let me <laughs> neck that down, down to 6.5. Yeah, 100%. And like so you it's, mentioned, it's, it's gets or they, people or excited. Or they get upset because, hey, you know, we sound like we're, anyway, we're not, we're pro wildcatting. We think it's Indeed, fun. And, and it is. We encourage people to do yeah, it. because I like what, doing it. It's fun. It's, it's what, part of my job. So it expands the whole industry <laughs> yes, it, and people get mm-hmm. new toys and, and come up with fun stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it, it's not going to change. It's, it's something that people have probably been doing since we started making guns. I suppose a 54 yeah. caliber round ball yeah. was some Ooh, point became yeah. a 52 50, or 50, a 50, yeah, whatever. You know, yeah, so, exactly. I mean, something something yeah. changed, you know? And I hope that never changes in the industry. I hope there's always a big, healthy group of wildcatters that are playing with like, well, it's Jaden's official job, yeah. but like, it's it's just the thing. It spurs more innovation, and so whether that be barrels, actions, action, like the medium length action that was just magic into existence because people were yeah. pushing boundaries of yep. 
generally it was seven Remington short action ultra mag or cartridges like that where they were pushing the boundary. So here's an action. Magazines, Wyatt's box mags. Hawkins has done a great job with their magazines. Yeah, there's cottage industries built around all this stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, specialty products that you can buy. And that's fun to see. It is. You know, it's fun to, it's fun to watch that happen. Uh, what's also really fun is when, when we do AR type cartridges because, man, boom. There's just a lot of sales on that AR like side. The 22 so arc. easy to configure and build with. The, well, who doesn't you like to get that barrel? Yeah. Accessorize. I yeah. mean, we all do it. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. You, we all do it. When you yeah. take your old 5.56 barrel off your upper and you kind of chuck it in the trash. Yeah, I'm gonna use it as a tomato steak. And then you slap that 22 arc barrel on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, there's some yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so yeah, and we've all spent uh, an exorbitant amount of personal money on some of these things that the company has come up with. So yeah. well, now I got to have that. I got to oh, have yeah. that. That's all part of it. I I do want to kind of go back a little bit and bring something up that Neil mentioned that the six millimeter Creedmoor. You know, uh, John Snow wanted to write an article. George had probably already been playing with the six Creedmoor, and it existed in the Wildcat space and not for that particularly long. You know, less than five years, I believe. Uh, and so that was really cool. And then it became SAMI adopted. So the SAMI approved cartridge. Well, when it got SAMI approved, initially, there was a little bit of heartburn because, whoa, there was this reamer out and it had 140,000 thou of freebore, but the SAMI guns got 180,000 thou of freebore or whatever it was. And there was some problems initially. And that's exactly why it's important to become standard SAMI approved. Yes. And there's a good point there. Well, why... Why was it 140 when it was wildcatted, and then why was it standardized at 180? Had essentially more room in it. Well, when we standardize something, we don't just look at one application. You know, where they were probably looking at one application when they wildcatted it. Generally, that's what a wildcatter does. He wants performance in a certain way, long range shooting or what, whatever it may be. And so, all of his concentration in the changes that he's making to an existing cartridge is in support of those things. But when we standardize something, we have to take a more of a 30,000 foot view approach and say, okay, it's got to fit that bill, obviously, but it might be used for this. It might be, there may be hunting. There yeah. may be whatever. What about right? these other bills? Yeah. And so when you, when you specify those dimensions, that's one and done. Once it's standardized, you don't get to go back in and start changing stuff around because you didn't consider that in the development process. So we have to take more of a broad approach, and that's why sometimes you see that occur. Excellent. And I have kind of one more point about the SAMI approval process. We've talked about it uh, loosely here over the course of the podcast, but one thing I want to drive home for the listener, when we look at cartridges, we talked before recording uh, about the 6.5 PRC. And what we talked about was for years, long-range hunters, antelope hunters, deer hunters, shot a 6.5 284, and they shot a 140-grain bullet doing 3,000 feet per second, and that's cool. Well, when you look at the SAMI-approved dimensions and pressure and velocity, you can't make a 140-grain bullet do 3,000 feet per second within SAMI-approved pressure limits in a 6.5 284. You just can't do it. None of boiler room. So that's why you see a 6.5 PRC, more thoughtfully designed with that strategic thinking that it can do a lot of jobs and it can get those performance criteria that people were pushing the boundaries of a 65284 to get. I and wanted, a 65 case is hard to make as well. Yeah. So, so I, just, I wanted to get specifically to the velocity and pressure of, of and how it relates to wildcatters and how it relates to what I'm going to call the real world. Um, because in a lot of cases, the performance you were getting in your custom whatever 
it's not in the real world. When you strap something into a piezoelectric pressure reading system and your line in the sand is 62,000 pounds of pressure, those velocity numbers that you think that you yeah. can get are generally sometimes not even in the same ballpark. Mm, yeah. Right. We've seen that. I mean, I could go ahead, Jaden. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, most of that wildcat world is based on pressure signs, not pressure measurements. So guys look at primer. Does it have its radius left? Is it flattened? Is it cratering? What does the cartridge case head look like? Is the, is the imprint of the lettering becoming like smashed out, you know, like all those different things that we look for. Mm -hmm. Those are not pressure measurements, they're pressure signs. And you can have pressure without there being pressure signs. And so for that to be the standard, it's irresponsible because that's one set of specific conditions, barrel, action, cartridge. If I take that cartridge and then put it in a whole nother set of conditions, barrel, action is totally different. It's, it's not responsible to think that it's going to do the same thing there because it may not. And safety is the most important aspect of all of this. Yeah, this stuff goes bang, obviously. I mean, yes. So you do got to be careful. Absolutely. Joe, you were going to say something? No, I, I was going to uh, reiterate what he said. I'm sure, we're, I'm sure we'll take some heat for this, but um, we have tested this and seen this so many times by looking at a head of a cartridge case, whether it be ejector marks, um, primer Slide. shape, yeah. whatever it is, you, you cannot tell the pressure. You can't tell the pressure within 10,000 PSI mm -hmm. by looking at one to the other because of the different firing pin um, geometry and firing pin strength the way the ejector pins are in bolt action rifles it, there's a myriad of things and guys tell me well will i mic the diameter i get web expansion doesn't brass dif, uh, behave How differently your brass? dimensions of your chamber influence that way more than pressure does mm -hmm. i mean at sixty thousand psi brass was going to move to fill the chamber period point blank yeah and it does the same thing at 58 as it does at 68 mm -hmm. fills the chamber you can't tell the yep. difference by miking it. So I know we'll take some heat for that, but we, we have seen this so many times and then we're able to go shoot that ammunition in a test barrel that physically measures the pressure accurately mm -hmm. and that there, there's no good correlation between X amount of primer radius is equal to 5,000 PSI. No, I mean, it just, no. It's not well, there. Uh, Jacob, uh, you know, he's been on the podcast before, Jacob Morrow, one of our ballisticians, uh, when he was downstairs in our accuracy lab, he did exactly that uh, in a, it was a Zermatt TL3 action, phenomenal action in a yep. 223 Remington. And he was trying to find a, a, a spicy load to shoot up 75 ELD matches. And so he was just slowly, incrementally working it up and everything was fine. Bolt smooth. Cases look like there's no pressure. And next thing you know, that, that one's missing a primer. Okay, well, that's pressure. So he duplicated those same loads, took them out to the, the pressure equipment. And found that uh, a grain of powder, you know, I don't know exactly what it was, but it, as he was working up, he, he crossed 62,000 pounds of pressure yeah. long ago, yeah, and I mean, he didn't see any pressure well, signs. Exactly. Until well, he, we, all, we all hand load too, so there's a chance that, yeah. you know, maybe we've done that ourselves too. Yeah, well, we, I'm just saying he didn't, he had no pressure, quote unquote, signs, signs. Yeah. and his only sign was it lost a primer, and that was north of 70,000 pounds. Correct. Yeah. Right. So... Uh, that's a, a great point. And, you know, people want to go fast. So oh, that's just can't a help thing. Sure. That's not going to change, you know. No, no, that, we're not you know. knocking it. There's nothing no. wrong with any of that, but you're responsible for your you're own actions. And correct. us as a ammunition manufacturer where our product is going to be used by an untold spectrum of consumers in different conditions, we have to make sure that it's safe across that spectrum. Yeah, that's exactly. our responsibility. Exactly. And, that, and it, we do feel 
like it's a responsibility and obligation to the industry. And that's, that's really important. Another thing Absolutely. I'd like to touch on, and you guys will have to speak to it, but you know, we, we do get complaints from time to time from folks that are seeing some kind of pressure issue or, or something else that's, that's happening with their system, with our ammo. And not in some of those cases, it's a, it's a non-standard chamber reamer that somebody used. So mm-hmm. that is another thing. I mean, when we design these cartridges and when I say we, you yeah. guys, you know, there's a lot of care taken to make sure that this thing is designed correctly. And then, you know, there, there are definitely people that want to tinker with that chamber design. Well, there's, there's sometimes repercussions for that. Yeah. Right. Mileage may vary if you adjust those dimensions. I mean, we, we designed yeah. it for a purpose and yeah. for a reason and on purpose to work a certain way and, and tested the heck yeah. out of it to make well, sure. And that's, uh, it ties all in right back to the beginning of why Sammy's important. So in that example, Neil, you have somebody's got our ammunition, they've got a factory rifle, and it's exhibiting signs of high pressure, whatever, you know, whatever that may be, tough bolt lift, swiping the case head, et cetera. And we bring the ammo in. Well, because it's a standard SAMI process, we have reference ammo mm-hmm. that the industry's agreed yeah. on is the reference. So we can shoot reference ammo and say, this barrel is testing pressure and velocity accurately. And we can take that ammo, shoot it in that system and say, this definitively is the pressure it's operating at. Sure. And then we can take the firearm and Sarah safe to chamber, look at dimensions and go, okay, this dimension here is not within the specifications and tolerances. And this is, you know, causing the problem. But like Jaden mentioned earlier in the podcast, you have a standard to reference and that's why it's so important. Yeah. I just, you know, it's one of those things that, and again, that's also tinkering. That's also playing and people are going to always do that. But like you said, mileage may vary. I mean, if you modify that chamber design, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You're outside of what it was designed for, you yep. know, so things Correct. are going to change on you. Yep. Do you remember? Or could change on you anyway. Do you remember a Q back when I had my target rifles, my bat action? So I had a 300 PRC with a big heavy bat yep. oh, yeah. machine action on it. I could run, I could run 300 PRC loads with no problems, no issues. Bolt flips at right 75 open. to 78,000 PSI. And it ran the gun. Yep. It was mid seventies. And we went and took the same ammo shot it in a pressure barrel, attested that, and then put it in a different, to your point earlier, a different system, and the primers fell out, the bolt couldn't, so I'm just saying, just by changing your mm-hmm. components, change drastically the, the yeah. result of the, so anyway. Yeah. 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 And point. with that pressure and velocity relationship, we've largely been talking about bolt guns, well, that just gets exacerbated when you put it into a gas-operated yeah. firearm. Timing. So we, yeah. we just released the 22 ARC, and that thing operates at 52,000 pounds maximum. So it probably lives between 48 and 50,000 pounds. And if you start putting 60,000 pounds into a gas gun, you're going to be shearing bolt lugs. Like timing's going to be crazy. It's, you're going yep. to have more problems just because of the nature of the, 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 the firing system. Right. Yep. So hopefully the listener out there, um, you know, I felt like, we haven't rambled. I feel like we've marched along and explained this pretty well. Hopefully they have taken away what it, what it means to be a SAMI approved cartridge for the ammo maker, for the gun builder, and for the industry as a whole and why it's important. Because again, it, it is important and it benefits everybody. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and it does. It creates that standard. Like I said about the, you know, somebody designs a, a, a chamber variant. Well, now you, the potential is there that you might see some problems if you modifying reamers. Typically not a big problem ever, 
with any of the major manufacturers because they're SAMI members and they're going to adhere to those things. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also you got to make sure that the wear on reamers is not excessive, you know, and how you order your reamers. That's another thing, Mm -hmm. you know, because you... You're going to, how many guns can you chamber off of one reamer before that reamer goes bad? There's, there's a manner of all manner of things that, that go into that stuff. But ultimately, yeah, being a SAMI member is, is very important. Well, it is. another important point, and to, to your point earlier, Joe, that SAMI is voluntary. If you ever have a problem out there with a given source of ammunition or a, or a given uh, firearm, it might not be a bad question to ask that manufacturer, do you adhere to SAMI standards? That would be a good starting point because if the answer to that question is no, you might have more concerns on your hands. Right. If the answer to it is yes, now you have a standard to compare that to and then figure Shoot. out where the problem is. Yep. yep. It makes troubleshooting possible. It doesn't make it better. It makes it possible. That's right. Yeah. That's, I think that's important. And Utilize your space your way with the modular Hornady Security Square Lock Organizing System. Mount the Square Lock panels anywhere in your home or shop. Then attach the wide assortment of Square Lock accessories to securely store firearms, tools, gear, or any other valuables in any possible configuration. Keep your reloading bench or gun room organized with the Square Lock Modular Organizing System from Hornady Security. Guys, I don't have anything else to, to that I think we should need to need to talk about in regard to Sammy. Obviously, there's a huge technical side to it that nobody wants to listen to, but I think as far as what it is, what it's for, why it's beneficial, I think we attacked it pretty well. Do you guys have anything else to add or any questions that you've been asked over the years uh, that might be related? No, I think for me, from what I've fielded in the past, we 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 tried to articulate pretty pretty yeah. good. You know why we do it, the the reasons for it, and but I'd also say, keep keep wildcatting. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Keep wildcatting. You keep, especially. Keep building cool stuff. I mean, hopefully we make a bullet that'll work in all those applications. But yeah, I mean that it's it's. I mean, we are in one of the coolest industries. There's always new innovations and cool stuff happening. And yeah, yeah so go play because uh, yeah, we we think it's important. We play, so yeah. everybody should. Yep, yeah. I agree. I mean, this is just be safe, be careful. Yeah, this is long ran, uh, long ran longer than I thought. So I should probably go steal some cartridge designs from some wildcatters. Oh, yeah. stop it! Claim <laughs> them as our own. Yeah, but I do need. I do need to say this on this podcast. So Jaden is just back from a very successful uh, elk hunt in Colorado with yes, one sir. of your mentors, right? That's right. Public yeah. land, pr- private land. Where were you? Uh, we put in forty miles on both. Yeah. Um, ended up getting some permission on some private land uh, on the latter half of the hunt and was able to connect with uh, I gotta talk what up, my please. wife hates me describing as the bull of a lifetime it is a it's a hell of a bull <laughs> yeah. so i'm really happy for you yeah so. with so. what cartridge was that that was a seven prc you never you heard, of heard of her yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably a fad actually yeah yeah, yeah. former wildcat yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but it had head stamp brass so I it know, was kind of made you. it official yeah <laughs> it was a great hunt it was incredible incredible you, experience yeah well yeah, i saw a picture of it all like Man, that's a hell of a bull. Yeah. Oh I'm, you know, I'm still I think in you were awe. expected just to get like a legal four points on one side bull and you shoot this, what, 340 something? Or yeah, I was, bull? I was I was looking for meat on the table and if it was legal, I was going to take it. And He's then, legal. And then he just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, well, was, now you have meat on the table and antler on the wall yeah, that's here right. in a little bit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's talk Which about the, and a taxidermy bill. That, right? Yep. Okay. I don't want to talk about that publicly. <laughs> uh, the money you save buying meat because you have an elk now will it, be just passed on to the taxidermist. Yeah. So I recently learned what girl math was. Uh, some, <laughs> some of the younger guys around the shop oh. teach me. They culture me with things. Okay. Because uh, I kind of live under a rock. But long story short, I, 
I think that would be a version of boy math where I can justify my taxidermy bill based on how much money I saved in meat prices versus yeah. oh, from absolutely. the store. Absolutely. Right? I think you yeah. probably save money in the long run. Honestly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. A lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Cost of the enough. Tag. You saved enough money. You get to do it again. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> At least a couple times. You know, yeah. Inflation. I think that's how that works. I don't yeah. know. Sorry to hijack the no, podcast. No, that's but important. I, that needed to be said. It did. That was really cool. And to bring it back up how we started the podcast, it is hunting season. It is right now. Yeah. I've been following the wife around with my nose to the ground for the last three days. Oh, it's gosh. the heart of the rut. I'm telling you what, it's hunting season and everybody's excited. TMI, uh, man. Yeah. But there's deer running amok on my drive into Even work. Preston's giggling back here. Yeah. Well, in, in all seriousness, it is hunting season. I hope everybody has a safe, fun, successful hunting season. Get out season. there and hunt. You mm-hmm. bet. Yeah. And uh, if you are listening to this, drop us a comment on the sammy approval process you know, and and that whole thing that's important but also i want to know what you guys are hunting what you guys are shooting what cartridge what bullet was it a wildcat is it a wildcat that's always interesting to know and i like the interaction you know i try to read most of these comments i don't get to interact very much and i know preston back here he reads every comment that comes in and responds accordingly given the time constraints that we have doing actual work but it's great to see the interaction. So if you got comments, please drop them here on YouTube or send us an email at podcast at hornady.com. Anything Perfect. else, gentlemen? No, I think we covered it. Awesome. Well, Joe, it doesn't sound like you've got any big game hunting in the near future, but Neil, you've got like three. Yeah, game on. Game on for the same species. Yeah, but not, you know, kind of not too far. Year of the white-tailed deer for Neil. I hope so. I hope so too. Awesome, guys. Well, again, thanks for coming around the table and sharing this with me. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, buddy. Guys, hopefully you enjoyed this podcast about why it's important to have SAMI approval and how that benefits the industry and how it benefits you, the shooter. Um, We hope you found it educational, and we'll catch you on the next one.